Yo, guys, it's C here, being joined by my co-host, Matt. We're coming out with the second episode of the Sports Lab Podcast. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good, Caesar. Thank you for having me. So today we have an action-packed show with a lot of interesting topics that I'm excited to talk about. So today we're going to be talking about the Battle of Los Angeles, Clippers versus the Lakers, and who's the better team as of now. We're going to be talking about the fate of Oklahoma City, and we'll be talking about the 2019 NBA Draft Class. Before we hop into those topics, I'd like to touch upon where we left off the last episode and continue with part two of free agency. Now we have Isaiah Thomas first off on our list. What do you think about that, Caesar? Isaiah Thomas coming off a major hip injury, and he was on Twitter to, to be claiming he needs his one shot. He says he feels 100% for the first time off the hip injury. So from a guy to be an MVP candidate... 2A after down the bench. It's very interesting. So, we got John Wall coming off of a major injury that he had. He had the uh, ruptured left Achilles tendon. So, do you think that he can return to his old self now that John Wall is not the player that he once was coming off that major injury? I think the signing the Wizards had in mind were we take a low risk, high reward because if Isaiah Thomas can come back to those Celtic days where he was Mr. Fourth Quarter and Mr. MVP candidate, I believe it, it will work well in the favor of the Wizards. I know John Wall is not the same player he's going to be. Um, he's obviously lost a step or two. Coming back from a, a major Achilles injury is not easy, especially a guy that basically plays off athleticism and speed. So I think John Wall is gonna gonna take a long time to to maybe never come back the same player. And if Isaiah Thomas can produce at a pretty decent level, I think the Wizards will be fine. I believe it's Bradley Beal's team now. I I just coming off an All Star caliber year, Bradley Beal seems to be the man on that team, but he has no supporting cast. So it's going to be interesting to, to continue to watch how this year unfolds for them. I know they had some high hopes coming off some playoff appearances and then not even making the playoffs at all. So 2019-2020 is going to be an interesting year for them. Um, I do not believe they're ready to make a playoff run at all. I think they need to keep rebuilding. But they have they, they have a nice, decent young core. You, you have Bradley Beal, and you're just hoping... John Wall can be three-fourths of the player he once was, and you hope you're getting an MVP candidate for cheap. So, in my opinion, it's a, it's a good signing for the Wizards, and it's Isaiah Thomas' opportunity to show he still belongs in the NBA, and he's not just an ass the bench. Interesting. I have to agree with you on that. Uh, I honestly don't believe that John Wall can come back the same player that he once was before. But like you said, if we can get three-fourths of what he once was and get John Wall to be comfortable again, uh, I think they have a shot. So next up on our list of topics, uh, I want to touch upon uh, Kevin Looney and how he's staying with Golden State because everyone assumed Kevin Looney was a goner. What did you think about that? So the Warriors signed Kevin Looney on a, a pretty cheap deal. They got him for three years, $15 million. And I, I think it's incredible value for a guy. Kevin Looney, he, he showed extreme toughness in the playoffs. And especially the finals, playing with the broken or fractured collarbone. And you don't see heart like that nowadays in the NBA. 
And he defends the pick and roll very well. Something DeMarcus Cousins had a lot of trouble while he was in Golden in Golden State. So I I believe it's a great signing. Golden State got a steal. Um, and they're at they're, they're adding a lot of depth. So you're basically getting that 73 win team back. And the reason they were so successful was because they played great defense. They had the guys that can make their buckets. But they had that incredible bench step, which they gave up, of course, to sign Kevin Durant. So I believe it's a string, extremely high-value deal. And the Golden State Warriors stole some money from Ke- Kevin Looney. Interesting. Uh, definitely going to be a uh, interesting series of events to see how this plays out. So uh, next up on our topics of uh, free agency part two, we got Jimmy Butler going to Miami. So, Jimmy Butler was offered a max contract with Philadelphia. So, I got a couple questions for you here. Uh, first one, what do you think caused Jimmy to want to leave Philadelphia and move to Miami? Um, it was interesting. I know uh, Jimmy Butler came out and said that he wanted to play for a contender. And he, we both know that he are not contending next year. Maybe not even in the next few years. And... I think Philadelphia got the max value out of Jimmy Butler because they were able to secure a signing trade and they, they got Josh Richardson back from the Heat. Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, the Heat said they're looking to get a second star. I mean, it's not easy. I know they have a nice young court building up there. Uh, they, they got rid of Hassan Whiteside, which just seemed to be a locker room cancer, locker room killer, and... So, I don't think Jimmy Butler technically wants to play for a contender. I'm sorry to say, I think he just was more in it for the money, more in it for the beach life. But, you know what I mean? Nobody knows what's going on, and I hope the guy's happy. All right, and for my second question, do you think Jimmy Butler could rebuild South Beach? Um, obviously we had the, a lot of reports of Jimmy Butler with the Timberwolves being basically a locker room cancer and, and it's interesting from the heat because they, they just seen, they just got rid of Whiteside who seemed to be one of the bigger cancers in the NBA, not, not really wanting to play for the Miami heat, but obviously picking up that huge player option he had and secured a bag still, uh, Miami I believe if they sign or, I mean, trade for a second star, they can make some noise in the East, but I do not see him being more than just a, a sixth seed for the for the years to come. Interesting. So you had just mentioned about Hassan Whiteside. So uh, Hassan Whiteside actually ended up signing with the Blazers. Now, I do remember back in 2016 that that was his second choice of uh, teams that he wanted to sign with. So being now that he has signed a contract with the Blazers, how do you think he's going to perform with them? The one thing about Hassan Whiteside, it always seems like he overperforms on his contract years. So that means on his last year of his contract, the guy comes out and he seems like he wants to play all 82 games. I'm not sure if that's just to show teams that, hey, you can pay me and I'll be the guy. Which happened in Miami, but after that big paycheck, he did not seem like he wanted to play. Um, I know he was on his Snapchat. He was expressing 
a lot of happiness being traded to Portland. And it's going to be interesting. I know that he got back Harkless and uh, Myers Leonard, which then they traded Harkless. So the seven foot, two hundred and sixty five pound shot blocker. Um, I think I think he can complement the, the games of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum really well. Also, with Joseph Nurkic still coming off and rehabbing that major ankle injury he had, I believe the Blazers can be a serious contender in the West when they're fully healthy. Um, they had they sent Oklahoma City packing round one on a crazy almost half-court heave from Damian Lillard. And we've seen Damian Lillard struggle from rounds two to three. But the Blazers have enough confidence. We, we touched on in the first episode. They re-signed him to a Supermax deal. So you lock him up for four more years. So they believe that's the guy that's going to lead them to a championship with his supporting cast. And... I can see them being a top three team in the East as of right now. Definitely, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, they weren't the strongest of contenders in the 2018-2019 season. With that premature exit, I'm pretty sure everybody was pretty shocked there. But uh, I can't wait to see the games this upcoming season and see how Hassan and uh, Damian can work well together and maybe uh, get another new face in the finals. So... Let's talk about the Warriors real quick. So we have Klay Thompson, and we have him staying on another five-year lockdown contract. We paid him $190 million. Now, the Warriors obviously did not think twice about this because Klay's like one of their star players. But what do you think about that? Um, we know Klay's going to be out for a big chunk of the season, but you sign a guy like Klay Thompson to max any chance you get possibly the second best shooter in the world behind his teammate, Stephen Curry. Um, and I believe he can still come back. I know the, the quickest return he had was about February, so you still have a few months before the end of the season. That's around the All-Star break. Um, I'm not sure if the Warriors rush him back, obviously with the Kevin Durant injury. Um, you had Andre Iguodala coming out on the Breakfast Club interview and saying they misdiagnosed his fracture leg with just a bone bruise. So I'm pretty sure these Warrior doctors are going to be extra precautious, uh, just given the bad rep they had last year. But, I mean, this guy, he, he tore his game, his ACL in game six, and he, he came back out, shot two free throws, and the guy didn't want to come out the game. He wanted to play some defense. He just shows the heart, shows the love, shows the passion for the game. Um, I believe the re-signing is huge for the Warriors, obviously. The West has gotten a lot stronger this year, and it's totally wide open. We, we've known for the past year that it was the Warriors' West. It's not going to be that easy this year. And we've seen Steph Curry have a little bit of struggles with the weaker supporting cast. So once he gets play, he still has Draymond. They, they, they re-signed Kevin Looney. I think they're going to be a contender in the West. Don't count them out just yet. Um, are they the favorite in the West? Definitely not, but... It was a great re-signing for the Warriors to sign him on that Supermax deal. Definitely. Because I, I have to agree with you there because I feel like Curry cannot perform at his best when he doesn't have the supporting cast with him to support him. So hopefully we can see a healthy Thompson come back and just perform at the caliber that we've seen at him perform at in the finals and even before that and to be the ultimate West contender that they once were before.
like you said, don't count him out this year, but we have to see what takes place first and see if Thompson can come back. Definitely. So let's talk about the Bucks. The Bucks actually just signed Wesley Matthews on a veteran minimum deal. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a great signing, a three and D guy. The Bucks lost Brogdon, which was a, a big part of their team last season. So I think a guy like Wesley Matthews fits in perfectly with the Bucks. They they play hard, they they play their defense, and they turn that into offense. So it's a great signing. They got him for obviously very cheap on the veteran minimum. So it's it's interesting. Um, you can't go wrong with a guy like Wesley Matthews if he hits his shots. He basically helps you win a lot of games. Definitely. So, real quick here, let's talk about the Lakers for a second. So, now we got Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley is now a Laker. So, how do you feel about that? Because he was number 22 overall in the 2007 NBA draft. So, it definitely shows some uh, high possibility and some definite opportunity to grow with the Lakers. What do you think? Yeah, Jared Dudley coming on a cheap deal. He wanted to play for the Lakers. He got it. Uh, Jared Dudley, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna go out and give you 20. That's just not who Jared Dudley is. But he's still a solid bench player. He he can still bring that veteran morale into the locker room, help out with the younger guys. And honestly, I think it's a good signing for the Lakers. He can, if he can just come on in, hit his shots, and play some defense, he can help LeBron and Anthony Davis. All right. So, I have heard actually that um, Jared Dudley is also one of the most professional players out there. He has a high basketball IQ, and uh, reports have said that he's actually a very positive influence in the locker room. And I feel with the Lakers not being able to sign Kawhi, that they're going to need all. All that and and more. So, so let's talk about the Jazz right here. So the Jazz are now a top three team in the West after they signed a couple people. So, what do you think about the Jazz? Do, would you agree with that statement? Um, I believe the Jazz will. I'm not sure a top three team in the West. They they are. The West is so action packed, so heavy. But um, I mean. You guys have to understand the seeding in the West is not going to be the same as rankings, obviously. I I got teams like the Lakers and Clippers. I know they're probably the top two teams in the West. They, they might not even be. They might be the fourth and fifth seed just because they like to rest their guys for their deep playoff runs. So I believe Jazz will lock up a top three seed in the West. And um, they signed um, additions like Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green. So guys that... They come off the bench and help. I know they, they have Mike Conley still, who they picked up earlier this offseason. And it's just, a, it's just a good team, a great defensive team. And now they have this offensive firepower. And I think their coach, Quinn Snyder, is extremely underrated. He, he gets his guys to play hard and play smart, and that helps them win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, uh, I have to agree with you there. Now, real quick. Uh, I had forgotten to mention it when we were talking about Looney and Clay's contract um, re-signing. I forgot to mention Willie Cauley-Stein. So, uh, I just have a question for you. Do you think Willie Stein can do something that DeMarcus Cousins was seeming to be struggling with, trying to fit in the Warriors system? So, like, do you think the addition of Stein and the loss of Cousins will 
can actually allow the Warriors another well-performing season? I mean, I like the the addition of Willie Cauley-Stein. I know he averaged about 12 points and 8.4 rebounds last year. Uh, for his guy, his size, he's not an extreme shot blocker, but he plays well above the rim. And I believe that's all the, the Warriors are going to need him to do. Um, he, he plays his role, and he plays hard. He's a guy that's going to get the ball up high and slam it down. And that's all you need to do on a team like the Warriors. I believe guys like Boogie. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, he didn't fit great into the system. I know he was coming off the major injury and he didn't seem in shape. So it's going to be interesting to see how Boogie performs this year. But I believe Willie Collinstein will fit well with Golden State and just have his role and let the stars perform. Definitely. Like you said, uh, I did see some statistics saying he was shooting about, about 55, 56% overall, which, like you said, it's not great. And although you did say it, he's not a high-performing player. He's not a Curry and he's not a Thompson. He's not people to be jacking up points left and right. But like you said, if he can just get those 12 points that he averaged and he can just get that consistently, I feel like with the Warriors leading with the, all those star players that they can, they can definitely get a well-performing season with the addition of uh, Stein. Definitely. So you did mention uh, in your last uh, talk about Willie Cauley-Stein, you mentioned uh, DeMarcus Cousins. So there really wasn't a market for DeMarcus Cousins. And you could definitely tell that he was hoping for a team to strike out and have cap space. And originally, I had believed that he wasn't getting a contract at all. But he actually did end up signing with the Lakers. Do you think he's a good fit with the Lakers? Or could he have been a better fit somewhere else? I would have liked to see DeMarco's cousin go to the Spurs and perform well there. I'm a little biased because I do root for the Spurs. But I believe DeMarcus Cousins will fit well um, down low with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think they're going to run the paint. I think that's what gives them a, a huge advantage. You don't really see two two big guys just run paint. And you just have these power forward and center combos. And they can also space the floor really well. They can shoot the outside shot. Uh, the market for DeMarcus Cousins was a little dry. I'm not too, too sure how many people wanted to take a chance with him. I know he had his struggles with his injuries and his his fatigue. But watching those finals, he had a little glimpse and glares of being that all-NBA center he once was. Because two to three years, I'm sorry, three years ago, he was widely considered the best center in the NBA, averaging about 26 points and 12 rebounds. So the Lakers signing for a very cheap deal. If DeMarcus Cousins can be that one player, They've got probably the biggest steal of the offseason and the best big three in the NBA. But that needs to be seen, and we cannot guarantee that as of right now. So I know the the market for DeMarcus Cousins, no one was going to go out and offer him big money. But this is his year to prove he's worth that max contract he's, he once was. Definitely have to agree with you there. Because although it does sound like they're going to be a good a uh, good uh, trio to be playing against. We do have to wait to see, to see how things actually materialize. So that pretty much sums up us our topic of uh, free agency part two. So I want to get into our next topic, the 2019 NBA draft class. But really quickly before we to- hop into that topic, 
want to ask you this question. How big is Zion for the game of basketball? So, unfortunately, Zion will not be playing the rest of the summer league. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I rarely tune in to summer league games. But when I heard Zion Williamson was playing on ESPN, I watched the game. He did not play the second half. He got a knee bruise. It's nothing serious. I know people are calling him soft. The Pelicans are going to be extra precautious with their number one pick and hoping to soon be future superstar. And I think I think Zion Williamson brings that hype we have not seen since a guy like LeBron James. I'm not saying Zion's going to be as great as LeBron, but a guy to bring hype. Um, I believe the Pelicans sold almost like 3,000 season tickets once they got the number one pick overall, and Zion wasn't even drafted yet. So that just shows how big he is for the game of basketball. Um, I believe he's going to perform well. Obviously, that needs to be seen. But the Pelicans have built up a pretty good roster around him. I did not see the Pelicans being this big of a player in this free agency. I know they just traded for Derek Favors, which is pretty huge. Derek Favors is a good low-post guy. Um, so Zion, he's a little undersized, but he can jump out the building. He's one of the fastest people on the court. And I think he's going to be one of the most exciting players to watch for years to come. So that was a great question. Uh, Zion's going to be huge for basketball. Uh, definitely, yeah. I have, to, I have to agree. I am pretty upset that he's not playing the summer league games. But, you know, when he comes back, plays the the, the uh 2019-2020 season. We'll have to see how things play out. So, uh, let's talk about the uh, Lakers versus Clippers. So, uh, right now, we have two incredibly, incredibly strong teams. So, we got the Lakers, with, like you just mentioned, we have them with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. And then we have the brand new contract for the Clippers, them signing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So, if you had to pick one of the teams of uh, who's in a better position, who would you have to give your pick to? My team for the Los Angeles... The best team in Los Angeles right now, I believe, are the Clippers. And let me tell you why. The the trio of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and DeMarcus Cousins is probably one of the best we've ever seen. And you got to remember they have guys like Kyle Kuzma and they've signed some great role players to fit their role in Los Angeles. But just the acquisition, just grabbing guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is just incredible and just seems like the top two two-way players in the game. So you have Kawhi Leonard, which I believe is the best two-way player in the game. And Paul George, an MVP candidate last year. I know he had his struggles in the second half of the season, but I believe he comes back strong. I know he requested a trade, and I know that was contingent on Kawhi signing with the Clippers. If they did not trade for Paul George, Kawhi was not signing, and he was seen to be signed with the Lakers. And honestly, I'm happy for the Kawhi signing to the Clippers. I believe it brings incredible balance to the NBA. But... My pick for them to be the best team in the L.A. right now is just because the pieces they have around those two players. They have they re-signed Patrick Be- Beverly. They have 
two six men of the war, six men of the year candidates. Well, the six men of the year winner in Lou Williams and a candidate in Montrez Harrell. They have Zubak, who they just re-signed. And that's a team you, you're just not going to want to face. I know they traded away um, Alexander and Gallinari for Paul George and a bunch of first-round picks. But the the return was incredible for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know we're going to touch on their fate soon. But I just believe those two guys, I'm not sure if they're, they're the top three teams in the top three teams seated in the West just because of load management and we know the Clippers are going to rest Kawhi and get ready for that deep playoff run. But come come playoff time, I would give the edge to the Clippers slightly, but that seems to be seeing how, how DeMarcus Cousins comes back and then I still, I still feel the injury risk of Anthony Davis and LeBron James coming off his first major injury being his age now, we'll see if the superstar slows down. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see this battle of Los Angeles. I know I know LeBron is gonna be on a revenge tour. The guy got a lot of criticism for coming to LA just because he did not perform well. Um, I know he was injured, but when he was on the floor, the Lakers are 28 and 27. And LeBron got a lot of backlash talking about how he just wants to be in L.A. to retire, to record the movies. Um, and I, I don't believe that's true. I, I believe LeBron still loves his game. And I believe he's going to come back with one of the biggest vengeance I've ever seen in the NBA. And the Lakers should be very grateful that they might be bringing chip number 17 because the team they have is incredible. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I I can't wait to see it plan out, pan out in um in June, maybe even a Western Conference Finals. But it seems to be seen right now. I believe the Clippers are the better team, just because of the supporting cast they have around their two All Stars. So that's my pick for Battle of Los Angeles. It will be the Clippers. I know a lot of people would disagree because the Lakers just signed Danny Green to Marcus Cousins. And they, they got that going with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But but my pick will still be the, the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Definitely. Just to reiterate what you just said, yeah, definitely. I have to take the same pick as you. I'm going to have to go with the Clippers as far as the Battle of Los Angeles goes. Because, yeah, exactly what you said. You got Paul George, an amazing small forward and power forward. You have Kawhi Leonard, the 2018-2019 NBA Finals winner, small forward. And you do have LeBron. And yeah, I remember that, the, that him getting the backlash about wanting to retire in L.A. But like you said, he loves the game. I'm sure he's been training real hard. And these three great forwards, it's just going to be great to see all three of them on the court just playing against each other. And it's definitely going to take place for some interesting matchups. And I honestly, like you said, cannot wait to see these games take place. So with the addition to the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard being signed to the Clippers, where does that leave Oklahoma City? Or do you think they're screwed or can they rebuild or what what do you think? I believe it's time for Oklahoma to rebuild. Um just just thinking back on it, how they had a Kevin Durant, James Harden and Russell Westbrook all on the same team. 
it, it amazes me, but um, obviously things happen, and James Harden was traded away. Uh, but I do not think the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs next year. I know, I know Westbrook, an amazing talent, one of the funnest guys to watch on the court. But I just don't see them making any real run. Unless I know Westbrook's probably going to average some of the craziest stats we've ever seen, but the inefficiency scares me. And I know he's already in talks with the GM because he want he's looking for a trade. Um, and if I'm Oklahoma City, I, I trade him. I get what assets I can, and and I hope for the best. I know I know the rebuild's tough, but I believe it's time to move on from the Russell Westbrook era in Oklahoma City. Yeah, definitely. Do you think uh, Russell Westbrook might be going anywhere else? Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know, I know it's going to be tough. Um, I know that 170 million dollar contract is going to be hard to unload. Uh, might be fun to see him on a on a team like Miami. Actually, if if they can find the cap space to see him and Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure how those two would butt heads in the locker room, but. I would like to see Westbrook go to another team, maybe even the Rockets, to help contend. I know, I know, teams are not getting really talked about because Los An- both Los Angeles teams had a had a big free agency, so a lot of West teams are getting thrown under the radar. Which I want to talk about. Um, some teams that are not being talked about are the Rockets, and and the Rockets have been in the Western Conference Final and even the second round. Obviously, they played the Warriors, the toughest matchup in the playoffs, and. That series last year could have gone either way. They they were never blown out. I know James Harden had the bad eye, but I mean a few different possessions. Maybe the Rockets are 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 NBA champions. So it's interesting to see a team like the Rockets not being talked about as much. I know there was a lot of reports with Chris Paul and James Harden not getting along, but Chris Paul pretty much came out and debunked all those already. So. I believe that narrative was fake. Another team we have to talk about are the Denver Nuggets. The youngest two seed in NBA history is getting no love from NBA right now. Um, obviously, I know all the Denver fans know what they have and they're ready to go. I'm, I'm excited. I know Michael Porter Jr. just got re-injured. And I feel bad for the man. I want to see him out there. I want to see him playing. Hopefully, he's back healthy this season. Um... But the Nuggets are a legit threat in the West. I believe, I mean, they had a few possessions away from being in the Western Conference Final playing against the Warriors, who, I mean, Damian Lillard and the Blazers ultimately stole it in seven games. But don't count out the Nuggets. I, I think the Nuggets are a legit threat to every team in the NBA. And I believe they finished with the one seed this year. That, that's something nobody's talking about, but I believe the Nuggets will be the one seed in the West this year. All right, yeah. Uh, I don't don't really follow the Nuggets, but I uh, definitely have got to see this come true with the top seed that they've secured. So having talked about all these teams, I want you to give me your top two in the East and your top two in the Western Conference. So in the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go with the Bucks, which I chose to win the championship if Kawhi did not sign with the Lakers. But I might have to rescind those comments because I did not believe 
Kawhi was going to team up with Paul George in LA. And so my teams to the East will be number one, the Bucks, and number two, I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia 76ers. I know they lost Jimmy Butler, but they re-signed Tobias Harris. They're bringing in Al Horford. I think it's going to be an interesting t- team to watch. It's, it's one of the the hardest, probably going to be the hardest team to play against. And that that's just a, a nasty team, man. I, I just don't, I don't know how else to put it. Um, obviously, you have Ben Simmons getting talked about getting a four-year, $170 million max extension. I don't really want to start talking about if he's worth it or not. I mean, obviously, a true young talent, an all-star selection this year. So, I mean, him, Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, that's going to be a fun team to watch. So, look out for the Bucks. Look out for the 76ers in the East. Jumping over to the West, I'm going to give my number one and two seed, but it's not necessarily who I think are the two best teams in the West. So my number one seed is going to be the Nuggets, how I just proclaimed. And then my number two seed is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's because the Los Angeles, the, the Lakers had a number four seed before LeBron went down with the injury. And I think a lot of people forget that they just, they see the, the standings that they've seen about 10th in the West, talking about LeBron Kent doesn't have it anymore but they were the fourth seed in the west and that's a very tough west to play in so those would be my top two seeds and I believe the Clippers and Lakers are the best two teams in the west but we know Kawhi and his load management so I do not believe they'll, they'll be having that top seed but they're, they're definitely still a threat I'm gonna have to agree with those picks but I do want to add on and say that we definitely should not forget about the Trailblazers in the East. I I definitely think that they're a strong contender in my opinion. I mean Trailblazers and, in the West. Trailblazers in the West. Trailblazers in the West, yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think they're going to be a strong contender and I just can't wait to see how all these games pan out in the next season. Yeah, man. With that being said, and also one last thing I want to touch upon is um, the NBA draft class once again. I know we, we talked about Zion a little bit, but I heard a lot of people talking about it's just going to be a three-player draft in Zion, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. And I believe a lot of people are going to be eating those words by the time the end of the year rolls around. I believe this draft class was packed with talent. And I think a lot of guys are going to fit well with the team. It's, it's something like some guys might get off to a slow start. We've seen Trey Young get off to a slow start and then even came out to be top two in rookie of the year voting. So we're, we're just going to have to look out for things like that. Uh, I think this draft class has a lot of talent. I think there's going to be some nice gems in this draft class. And I'm actually really excited for this new 2019-2020 NBA season with Kawhi basically restoring the balance in the NBA. So that's what I'm happiest about. We might have the most competitive NBA season we've had in a while. So if you're an NBA fan, I would be hyped for this season coming up. Yeah, I'm definitely hyped to see these games pan out. See how these uh, how these players can get back to where they once what where they once were, and 
interesting to see all these new contracts being signed and I definitely want to see how long it takes or if these players are even able to get comfortable in a totally new location and just perform at the same caliber. That's That goes for Kawhi, it goes for Paul George, and it goes for everybody who's in a new place. I want to see if they can adapt and overcome to these new teams that they've signed to. So uh, with that being said, uh, I just want to thank you again for having me on your, uh, your podcast. And uh, do you have anything to say? Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening to episode two of the Sports Lab. A pleasure and I appreciate you guys' time. Thank you.